0: Welcome to the Marxist Think Tank podcast, an attempt to look at the world from a class conscious perspective and to build. It's 8.50 on the 18th of February, 2022 in Beijing. Good evening to you guys in the States. Good evening, Jen. Good evening, Dust.
1: Hello, how's it going?
0: Great. Nice. Great. So, yes, we have uh, Dust James with us tonight um if you don't know who dust james is dust james has a podcast uh called or i suppose a youtube channel i should say called working class revolt uh he's a i suppose we describe you as a marxist leninist trucker is that an accurate description dust that is correct okay great so yeah um dust will be with us tonight talking about our usual talking points which is the news of the week and the headlines of the week as well as updates from communist parties and workers parties so yes um this week, uh, we will be giving you an update on the Ukraine situation uh, with the passing of the supposed Russian invasion invasion of Ukraine, which was supposed to take part on, on the 16th of February. Um, this morning, there's been a shelling of a kindergarten in the Donbass, which we'll be uh, mentioning. There's also other news of the mysterious deaths of 11 Russian scientists, which Jen will be um, commenting on and providing some information on. And we will be reading a statement from Gennady Zuganov, which is the head of the Russian Communist Party, about uh, the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics and his uh, thoughts, his party's thoughts on their, um, uh, I suppose, independence. Uh, in other news, Biden has seized seven billion dollars of Afghan funds, the Afghan Federal Reserve. Um, and we will be talking about what he's been doing with that money and also perhaps a description of him being the, the starvation president. Um coming from dust there, as well as some other news related to that. Uh, other stories. <clears throat> uh, Naftali Bennett of Israel has paid an official visit to Bahrain, the first Israeli head of state to, to visit Bahrain. Uh, we'll mention that. There is a mega drought coming to the US. Uh, there is one in the US, I should say, in the southwest. And apparently, according to scientists, this is the worst drought in 1,200 years. Um, the main One of our main points of discussion tonight, though, will be uh the truckers protest in Canada and how that relates to economics the great resignation COVID mandates and um of course class struggle so um let's uh, start with the Ukraine situation so um <laughs> we've been talking about this for about three weeks now I think or maybe even longer about the subject of discussion ever since we began this program right 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 exactly so we started about I think at the end of end of last year and it hasn't stopped. It's always been there. Troops are coming to Ukraine. Troops are coming to the border of Russia and build up, build up, at least from the Western perspective. This was how it was portrayed. Right. There's buildup of Russian troops. There's a buildup of Russian troops. And the the, the I guess the, the penultimate moment was they're going to invade on the 16th of February uh, at maybe three in the morning, which was, you know, it's quite, quite shocking that you would give a specific time to it. And it's now the 18th of February. And Dust, uh, has Russia invaded Ukraine?
1: No, they have not. No. <laughs>
0: right. So what, what are your thoughts on this, Dust? Because obviously everyone's heard our comments over this over the last three weeks. So I'd like to hear your insight on, um, on Ukraine, your feelings on that.
1: Mm. Well, I would have to go back to 1991 in the fall of the Soviet Union, where mm. it led Russia into absolute destitute poverty through massive privatization efforts by the West, which brought drugs, poverty, and chaos to the Russian people. 10% of the Russians fled. And then I bring you to the figure Vladimir Putin, who I believe came to power around uh, 2000 or 1999. And he did his college thesis um, on nationalizing oil and gas. And he carry, basically carried out this college thesis um, and he was able to nationalize oil and gas, invest in reinvest in all of the public resources that were stolen by the privatizers and strengthen and grow the Russian economy and return them um, rightfully as a world superpower and link um, with China and the anti-imperialist bloc. Um, mm-hmm. This was an unforgivable uh, offense, and mm-hmm. they have been expanding NATO. Um, we were told that the Russians stole the 2016 election. Um, we are told that Trump was a puppet um, of the Russians um, we are and then we were told that the Russians were were um, what was some other stuff? The Russians were were funding, um, mercenaries to kill U.S. soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, which was a complete another lie, and now we've been recently told the the Russians were making a false video, uh, uh, a false flag video, to to um, to be able to justify Ukrainian invasion, and then we mm-hmm. get to our point right now: the Russians are going to invade Wednesday at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in the morning, or Thursday or Friday so, or Saturday. So I mean, this this is this is it. The the United States, the multi, i call them monopoly capitalists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, oil bankers based out of mm-hmm. Wall Street in London mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. not like Russia, and mm-hmm. they want to cripple it economically. They want mm-hmm. to um, break its connection with its allies. Um, They want to foment division between allies like Russia and China, um, which they were able to do um, back in the Cold War. It doesn't look like they're able to do that now. Um, Oh, I forgot. This is more important because we're talking about Ukraine. The 2014 coup um, that was under the Obama regime that put um, Nazi sympathizing government um, into office and including there is a... um, an outright neo-Nazi or actual Nazi battalion, the Azov mm-hmm. Battalion, which receives direct funding <laughs> um, and weapons um, mm-hmm. from the U- from the United States. Um, so, I mean, it's obvious they're lying. The United States is lying about everything. The right, b- right, the right. public media outlets are lying about everything. The corporate mm-hmm. outlets are lying about everything. What we know to be true is. The, the imperialist will do anything to defame and attack the Russian people. Um, and this specific thing, there's two um, East, the Eastern um, Republics um, in Ukraine, which are, mm-hmm. which are autonomous regions. Um, mm-hmm. And I recently heard an update from Tejas from Don yes. yes. which is a volunteer fighter mm-hmm. um, who is actually, who is man guns on the front uh, in between, almost like a war, a Cold War zone, um, where <laughs> um, Nazi sympathizers and um, and troops are on one side, and people defending uh, Russians who may be econo- who may be ethnically cleansed mm-hmm. if the um, neo sympathizing government gets their way,
0: <laughs> um,
1: defending themselves. And brother uh, uh, Tejas from Donbass which is a fellow American and Texan volunteered to fight on their behalf.
0: Right. And he right. gave
1: an update that said he, his prediction was the conflict was almost inevitable. I have uh, my doubts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also said that they said it was going to happen on Wednesday, but there was rain um, on Thursday. Um, it was going to be raining the next week. And because there isn't a lot of roads um, to move trucks, uh, troops quick, quickly, um, you know, the, the fascist aligned forces, NATO was called NATO Nazis as I like to call them, um, the NATO Nazis could easily, could walk the six miles into the, um, into the cities, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the, 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 the Republic mm-hmm. and, and they could, they could walk those troops within a day and the Russian, and that could create um, urban style warfare with human shields or the Russians could stop them in their tracks and destroy them with heavily mm. air with air artillery and, and missiles yeah. and et cetera, which was, was mm. a paraphrasing um, of his, of his update. And this is a sense situation. Um, we got two nuclear armed powers. Right. Um, and if we're hearing in the media, constantly about how russia is the aggressor and it's absolutely not true if you talk especially with a democrat voter a militant democrat voter um who that defends obama they i mean (laughs) the biden it was the obama biden regime now we got the biden harris regime um very similar (laughs) and then uh um So I mean that's that's basically the situation I think is is communists as peace loving people um, we need to you know call out all the lies against Mm -hmm. against the Russian people against the Eastern uh, Ukrainian republics and I mean Mm -hmm. this has also caused an increase in oil prices with this share and workers in the United States are already having. You know, right, 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 right. huge, so huge we, inflation problems. Go ahead. Before we jump into the
0: economics of it, uh, Jen, do you want to jump in there? So you want to say something? Yeah. Uh, so a piece that I saw
2: a few days ago, uh, which uh, kind of really shows us like what the situation actually is, mm-hmm. is uh, some United uh, American military uh, 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 head talking about the fact that the United States has finally begun to uh, counterattack Russian disinformation currently mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, as um the describing the essentially the US coverage of um the 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 Ukrainian situation right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, the logic uh the, when's the last time we've seen this kind of stuff? Well it was back in the 1950s. Yeah. It was when the United States um insisted that um the communists uh you know, this was uh during the Korean War by the way. Uh, had a method and a science of brainwashing, mm-hmm. and that it was already developed. It was already like put into use by the Soviet Union and China and um, uh, the Iron Curtain and the Bamboo Curtain and etc. And this is yeah. why that um, all their uh, the PO, Western POWs, uh, if everyone remembers, the United Na- of the United Nation Army. Uh, of like U.S., uh, uh, U.K., Turkey, uh, so on and so forth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, captured uh, like uh, captured onto the Chinese side uh, to started either defecting, becoming communists, or at least became anti-war activists. Right. Right. right they they right. said that oh, this is brainwashing. So uh, in return, like they uh, launched this uh, massive act efforts of academia. So to go back to um, referring back to uh, uh, our uh, guest, comrade Vasyls. Uh, mm-hmm. uh interview yeah uh, of uh the, the, in 1951 they launched this project called the Macy conference right where mm-hmm. um they tried to unify all of academia for the purpose of the preservation of nato and mm-hmm. uh, um to come up with uh you know through combining all the disciplines like philosophy psychology so on and so forth to come up with um nato's own brainwashing for the purpose of the preservation of nato uh, and um, uh, the containment of communism.
0: Right. Well, here's
2: right. The, there's just one little problem. Communist brainwashing techniques. I came from China. Okay. That <laughs> shit, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I frustrated. can't find it. Nobody can find it. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just a bunch of Western uh, NATO heads uh, yeah, <laughs> being paranoid, <laughs> and now we're seeing this again. So, okay, uh, Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. Yay, we are finally pushing back with our own disinformation. Well, Mm -hmm. hold on just a second. Mm -hmm. What if, what if, big brain time, there isn't, or at least not that big, of Russian Mm -hmm. disinformation? It is just the United States swinging
0: punches into the thin air. Right, right. Saying, I'm
2: counterattacking.
0: Sure. So, I I think that's disinformation. Right, right, I think something we need to talk about at some point is uh, perhaps we can have a specialness is how much money gets spent on psychological operations. Uh, right. There's a big military budget for hardware, but what about the budget for, I suppose you could call it software, psychological operations, information operations, right. what ideas and what concepts are paid for by the, the U.S. Uh, defense uh-huh. industry?
2: And I would just add to the point that the um, you know, United States is the absolute master of uh, what it calls narrative warfare which mm. is the um, kind right. of well, that, uh, mother research it, right. yeah. that gave birth to uh, color revolutions, right? Color revolutions that uh, happened in uh, a number of places, uh, lots of places. Uh, first, it happened in all the former Soviet countries sure. uh, after sure. the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, so then I it happened in the Middle East, the Arab Spring, yeah. Libya, Syria, mm. right, uh, right. And, uh, you know Hong Kong. Uh, a few years ago was uh, Navalny, right? That wasn't even sure. that long ago in Moscow. Um, okay. and,
1: uh, yeah, and so
2: uh, now we have, uh, uh, what do these color revolutions do? Uh, okay, uh, here's the difference. Actual revolution, I think we've talked about this before. Actual revolutions changes the socioeconomic and cultural uh, relations and structure of a society for whatever purposes. Mm-hmm. Color revolution just brings in brings in incompetent Nazis most of the time, and then uh, sell everything out to the Western uh, multinational corporations. So this is exactly what happened with the 2014 uh, coup uh, in yeah, Ukraine in and Ukraine, the so-called, so-called legitimate okay. government of Zelensky, but- which is like an absolute clown. I mean, anyways, hmm.
0: but yeah, let's let's um let's talk about the specifics of something that's um quite quite uh. Quite interesting, which is this statement from Gennady Zuganov. So, Zuganov is the head of the Russian Communist Party, the CPRF, right? And here's this statement. So, I know that Dust has mentioned uh, Tejas, who's in uh, DPR, or LPR, the Donetsk People's Republic, or the Luhansk People's Republic. So, I'm just going to read this statement. It's pretty short. Um, so, yeah, let's go for this. This is from, from Zuganov. So, Uh, And it relates to Ukraine, too. So the situation around Ukraine has sharply deteriorated over the past weeks. A hail of accusations of an intention to occupy that country has been loosened against Russia. The real cause of the crisis is that the American puppeteers of the Kiev leadership and Bandera bands are persistently trying to organize a slaughterhouse in Donbass. In pursuit of their geopolitical goals, they are again prepared to stage bloodshed. The West categorically refuses to see Ukrainian troops concentration on the border with the DPR and LPR. Practically all the combat-capable Ukrainian units of the Ukrainian armed forces have been deployed there. 125,000 soldiers and officers. Heavy artillery and armor are being moved there. Constant aerial reconnaissance is conducted. All the signs are that an offensive operation against the Donetsk and Luhansk people's republics is being prepared. The group of Soviet troops near the Ukrainian border, even according to American data, is no more than 100,000 strong. Ukraine has 125,000 troops in the Donbass area. It is an elementary piece of military knowledge that a threefold superiority is needed to amount a successful op- offensive operation. So who is threatening whom? The Pentagon and even the Ukrainian armed forces command say they do not see any signs of imminent aggression. The American intelligence, which has lived through the disgrace of being caught lying about Iraq, having weapons of mass destruction, does not seem to relish the prospect of being humiliated again. But this does not deter the Western politicians who habitually ignore obvious things, a Hybrid war with the use of slander, garbling of facts and disinformation is being waged against Russia. Yes, Russia has interests in the whole post-Soviet space. It has them in Ukraine. These are the interests of peace and good neighbor relations, calm and dignified life of citizens, economic development and cultural cooperation. Meanwhile, the Western Ukraine seeks support of the most reactionary circles. The predecessors of today's Bandera lot are directly to blame for the genocide of the Russian and Ukrainian people during World War II. The punitive units, together with the Nazis, staged ghastly massacres of the population in the partisan areas of Belarusia, burning alive the inhabitants of hundreds of village villages. Today, this grisly lot, with its aggressive Russophobia and anti-Semitism, is being supported by Western politicians. Okay, so uh, one second. The Communist Party of the Russian Federation and our allies have firmly set down their position. We have declared it on April 24th, 2021, in our appeal to the fraternal people of Ukraine, We reaffirmed it in the recent call of the CC of our party to our Ukrainian brothers in the name of the sacred uh, bonds of comradeship. The people of Russia and Ukraine do not need war. It runs counter to the main interests of Europe, but the authorities of the United States need it. Washington was defeated in all the wars of the past decades. Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan are just some of the countries in which the U.S. unleashed and ignominiously lost wars. Now it wants to fight proxy wars. This time around, the Americans want to use Ukrainians as cannon fodder political cover, arms supplies, sending Western instructors. All this is openly nudging the, the Kiev authorities towards a military adventure. American strategists have not only Russia and Ukraine, but Europe in their gun sights. The US is seeking tough sanctions against our country using the Ukrainian card. This marks a new stage in the struggle against its economic rival, the European Union. The level of US trade with Russia is very low, but Europe has extensive and profitable trade and economic ties with our country. A military conflict with Russia would enable Washington to expose European countries to further damaging economic sanctions. Defending Ukraine is not the goal of American globalists set themselves. They are keen to gain competitive advantage by torpedoing the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline pipeline, and making the EU's economy dependent on costly liquefied gas. This is the underlying cause of the current military crisis around Ukraine. I'm sure you'll say something about that dust in a second. Uh, Russia at long last is abandoning the harmful policy of kowtowing to the West. Those who want to understand what is really happening would do well to read Pushkin's poem to the slanderers of Russia. Already then, almost 200 years ago, the goals of the Western powers with regard to our peoples and the Slavic Brotherhood were clear. This means that today it is extremely important to exhibit strong will, as was done in 2008 when we supported the peoples of Abkhazia and South Ossetia and again when we supported the legitimate governments of Syria, Belarus, and Kazakhstan. It is high time to show metal in Donbass. we are surrounded by unfriendly states it is impossible to retreat there is nowhere to retreat to the west must become aware of russia's determination to defend its national interests and its friends needless to say the masses in our country can be defended through a fundamental change of the path of its development the cprf rejects the current socio-economic course and proposes its own program of transformations 10 steps towards the power of the people and of socialist revival some issues must be addressed immediately we are prepared to support decisive measures of our authorities in defending the security of Russia and our fellow citizens in the People's Republic of Donbass. Beginning from 2014, we have constantly called for an official recognition of the DPR and LNR. The voice of millions of, our, of their people was heard loud and clear in the May 2014 referendum. It must be heard. Last passage. The last, sorry, the Western governments and their Kiev vassals have trampled the Minsk agreements underfoot. At this extremely important moment in our history, we call on the deputies of the State Duma, regardless of their party affiliation, to back our initiative on official recognition of the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics by the Russian Federation. It is impossible to tolerate dangerous provocations any longer. Russia cannot allow the seizure of the cities and villages of the two people's republics. We have no right to ignore the danger of a massacre of civilian population by frenzied followers of Bandera with NATO's blessing. Warmongers should remember the centuries-old wisdom he, he, he who raises his sword shall die by the sword. The time has come to say a firm no to any inter, international adventures. Wow. Okay. So Can I just
2: yeah? comment on how uh, this is a very uh, poetic kind of, uh, in a sense, uh, within uh, amidst all the chaos? Because, you know, during World War II, right, the Great Patriotic War, Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, the very famous words of, uh, I believe it was a Soviet commissar was, uh, during the, around the battle of Moscow, right? Was, um, that, um, you know, the motherland is big, but, uh, we have no more ground, we have no more ground to retreat for behind us is Moscow.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. It's almost, you know, in, in this kind of, uh, we all know that fascism is, um, the uh, last ditch effort, the fever, uh, 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 fever, the, the the seizure of um, capitalism. Right, whenever capitalism is failing, uh, it resorts to fascism. And uh, the tendency that fascism has is um, deterioration. It will um, deteriorate all things uh, because of how absolutely brain dead it is. So. If we look at, like, say, Vice documentaries on uh, um, Ukraine uh, from uh, a few years ago, trying to amp up, oh, Russia scary bad. What we will see is that um, the defense of uh, uh, Ukraine defense, quote unquote, is completely by, done by Nazis, who believes that warfare is uh, anywhere between, like, fist fighting and World War One with modern automatic repeating rifles. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, some other interesting pieces of information. Yeah. The uh, former Ukrainian uh, city of Kharkov, the uh, famous uh,
0: Markov, home yeah, of yeah.
2: tank design, right, yeah. and tank yeah. manufacturing, has now deteriorated to a point where uh, they can only manufacture, on average, about two to three main battle tanks a year. Okay. For your information, a farmer a tractor uh, 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 repair guy in China with his yeah. own, like, just tool shed, managed yeah. to build a one on one, like, obviously non uh, military grade replica of the German Leopard 2 tank in one year by hand.
0: So, so they've yeah. obviously lots of economic... it was
2: around like you know, 40, 50 tons can drive like around like uh, yeah. 20 miles an hour with right, tractors right, yeah, and engine, and everything yeah. well, gun of course, yeah. but the yeah, functioning yeah. turn and everything. So, like, for the great Hark- city of Harkov, which for the uh, sense, like, supplied thousands of tanks to, like, devolve down to, like, only slightly better than one guy with some welding tools. Right, right, right. So and uh, and it also, really- uh, it seems to me that, like, everybody who uh, in Ukraine has some common sense in, in terms of, um, just, you know, human civilization in general has fled Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, and uh, either to Lugansk or just, like, immigrated to Europe because of how right. bad the situation is. But the only people that are left that's working for the Ukrainian uh, military political machine are Nazis. For example, the same city of Kharkov, the uh, yeah. Ukrainian tank design bureaus has now like changed their logo to like the Nazi black sun with a UFO. Right. I'm not even joking. That's the level of deterioration we're talking uh, about. So, I think
0: everyone's familiar you know, with the Azov Battalion yeah. and all that what kind of stuff.
2: Um, but, what the CPRF said yeah, is. I now. really oh, want
0: to really get, get wait, on, Let's let's get at the economics of this because I think the gas thing, the oil discussion. I, I think everyone's heard about. We, we hold on mm. the Azov Battalion. Even mainstream media has covered yeah. you know, the fact that there is open, uh, fascistic right-wing yeah. um, elements in the Ukrainian government. I think that's. I think that's pretty much been covered quite quite extensively. Uh, I mean, also there was the, the massacre of trade unionists in in Crimea during Maidan. So I, I'm I'm not I don't want to say it's old news, but I, I think it's you know people people know that the fascistic element is is there in the Ukrainian um, you know uh, the current Ukrainian establishment and and, and yeah uh, Zuganov does mention there too the bandera are running Ukraine. So let, let's move on to this discussion about the the economics of it, the the oil and the gas and whatnot. I think Dust, you you mentioned uh, before we started this uh, stream about how you see how this ties to, to the U.S., to, to, to American interests about oil and, and oil production and the glo- and sort of oil capital, I suppose.
1: Mm. Yes, uh, very, very good points. Um, a dire uh, situation. That was a beautiful statement um, from the comrade who is literally in, is scared of his life and scared for his people um, mm. um, at the front of this, this brutal um, empire, which is U.S. imperialism. And their 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 pawns, their Nazi pawns um, in Ukraine that was that was very beautiful. Um, I think we're going to talk about the economics um, It seems to be a, a reoccurring theme that starvation, the literally taking food and economic resources from a people till they submit is an ongoing tool of the United States and of the Biden Harris regime.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: let's let's look at it currently. I was watching uh, against my better judgment, I was listening to the Imperialist Now, I mean Democracy Now, um, <laughs> and they had a debate and be- there was two I think there was a someone either a lawmaker and a scholar and one of them was saying how Um, we need to be able to make the sanctions against Russia flexible. So, you know, they do something, we can do something. That was the one position. The other position is, well, we need to draw a line. And if they cross it, all of these sanctions will be pushed at once. And it turns out that the one who who thought that this huge amount of sanctions, um, if the line was crossed, that bill was passed. So if the um, Russian people or if um, the Russian government decides to defend, um, you know, the dumbass republic and the other eastern um, Ukrainian republic, um, these sanctions will go immediately in effect for defending for dis, for literally saving lives from Nazis, these mm-hmm. massive amount of, of sanctions are going to go in effect, and they're going to have dire consequences in the civilian Russian population. Mm-hmm. Um, this this will be this will result in starvation, destitute, for, further destitute. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this this is a horrible strategy. And now yeah. let's let's see what happened right now. Right now, um, you know it's. I think if you do the the statistics for inflation don't include a lot of the common goods that workers buy, oil and food. If you do the real math, um, mm-hmm. just what my dad did the math for himself, it was a 30% increase in grocery prices um, that we're already seeing. Um, right. As soon as the news hit of the shelling, um, the, 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 the imperialist media is saying that the the two forces are blaming each other. We know this is the United States and we know it was their Nazi thugs that started mm-hmm. that started and this conflict and escalated this conflict to the point it is. And they're literally right. attacking a school. So oil prices after this news went up to 100 dollars a barrel, which will only further inflate fuel and grocery pr- prices and put us the working class, the the Mm. regular people trying to get work every day, put food on the table, further in the hole and decrease our wages. So Mm. the mainstream imperialist media is trying to tell you that your enemy is in Russia, that the Russians are going to hurt the Ukrainians and we have to do something about it. But in reality, they are drumming for a war and they're drumming for a war that is taking money directly out of your pocket.
2: Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. like to just comment on a, a few things. Uh, one, yeah, first of ahead. all, um, from what I, uh, my perspective, uh, if you uh, give such an undisciplined yet cruel, cold-blooded uh, army without discipline, like artillery guns, the Ukrainian forces. Yeah. What are the odds that they're gonna um think in a very morbid way? That uh, firing a hundred-plus millimeter big explosive at an elementary school is hilarious. What we've seen mm. that it's called a how American troops behaving Afghanistan, Iraq, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, yeah. so like one tier less, or like one to two tiers less professional uh, than yeah. the Americans, uh, like even more uh, the right. Naziification, right? Uh, so what are the
0: odds that they will do that? Right, right, very yeah, much this thing about the shelling of the kindergarten. So it's only happened a few hours ago. So we've mm. got comments from the Washington Post's angle on it. Uh, Bar- Boris Johnson has said it's a false flag. So I, I don't think we can, we can only speculate as to what exactly
1: right now. We
0: We can know for a fact on. though, that it will be used to spin uh, yes. whichever yes. way, whichever way uh, the, the West requires. <laughs> so I think what I want to read now is, is global times in talking about this idea of how the West yeah. will use it, any situation to its advantage or, uh, this is from the Global Times, so a Chinese paper. Um, so Yuri Tarovsky, head of the Russian Dream, Chinese uh, Russian Dream, Dream Analytics center in uh, Iz- Izborsk, um, on Wednesday he said that uh, the with- withdrawal ahead of the predicted invasion puts into question the effectiveness of U.S. and NATO intelligence services. Russia completely took control of the situation and decided whether to bring in or withdraw troops. Having achieved an advantage in offensive weapons, primarily in hypersonic missiles, Putin got the opportunity to talk to Biden on equal terms and not to blink first. Uh, Turovsky said, adding that Russia has converted its military technical achievements into geopolitical ones. And in the foreseeable future, the conversation with the West will be much tougher. But this other point that this is from the actual editor of the the Global Times now. So uh, recklessly fabricating lies of an invasion day shows that the U.S. is not afraid of being embarrassed. It believes that with strong discourse power in the world, it can manipulate public opinion at will in this crisis the us is playing a game of two side bets whether or not russia invades ukraine the us wins if russia indeed invades the us side will say it had expected it long ago and warned it repeatedly if not the us would say the war was avoided or postponed because of the deterrence of their sanctions so that is a that is a good point that with imperialist sort of spin doctors if you want to call them that it doesn't matter what happens so and bear in mind, because now the invasion has yes. been pulled off, you, you know NATO will be stronger. They say, "Oh, we could they could have invaded, so we should make NATO stronger." Right. They didn't invade, but it doesn't matter. The, the point is right. that the, the fear has been has been spread. Uh, in, in, With in
2: the um, economics of this whole situation, I want to mention uh, bring awareness to the fact that um, two things are currently happening. One, like, even, okay, this is, like, so ridiculous that even Zelensky, uh, the uh, joker man uh, himself, is saying that this is out of hands and uh, and ridiculous. How far is this? Well, uh, one, American corporations have, uh, you know, with uh, Biden's sons and uh, Biden's son being in Ukraine and all that, right, who's already, like, trying to take over the economics of Ukraine uh, because that's what colonization does, yeah. Uh, have been throughout this whole process selling or uh, dumping Ukrainian corporate assets uh, and uh, facilities and factories and means of production, which are owned by the Americans, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, driving up fear causes uh, people to panic sell, and then that, you know, they can make money from that. And then, uh, which has already put a severe dent into the the Ukrainian economy, which is supposed to be an American Western ally, mind you. This shows right. you the real nature of imperialism. They will sell out their own allies, and they do not care. They do not give a flying F. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing, of course, is uh, through kind of driving up tension with Russia, because, you know, Russia uh, sells uh, gas and uh, oil to Europe, right, as uh, we were talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um Well, guess who's the biggest oil producer in the world? The United States. Who wants to sell the most oil? The U.S. So uh, Mm -hmm. how do you... uh, But, like, here's the thing. Russian oil to Europe only takes a pipeline. It's very cheap. American oil to Europe requires expensive... uh, uh, Those, like, mega gas uh, ships, which are expensive to operate. So you cannot, on a capitalist basis, in a market, outcompete the Russians... In terms of gas, because of proximity and transportation costs. So what do you do? Well, you use this, this right here, to kick Russia out of the market so that they can rob Europe uh, using right. gas money because Europe gets cold during the winter, and if they don't buy gas, they freeze to death. So it's one of those cases where capitalism becomes uh, uh, just glitches out. You know, supply and demand, right? But like, what if demand is infinite? Well, yeah, yeah. the prices can be infinite as well. And yeah. you will still make infinite money. That's how... Well, um, speaking of starvation, I'm sure it
0: does... Speaking of money, yes. Speaking of money. You've got the other story we want to move on to now. So I think we've, we've covered I, the Ukraine situation. I, I, wanted yeah.
1: to, I wanted to mention the... Um, the contradiction between the imperialists themselves. Um, the Germans were asked to support them with yes. guns. And they sent helmets... It is not in Germany's (laughs) interests. It is not in Germany's interest to buy gas all the way from the United States, especially when their people are starving and they're being um, coerced. So not only um, is the U.S. empire um, starving the Russian people, starving uh, the American people, they're trying to freeze the Germans. And Mm -hmm. in this specific interest, um, German sovereignty – the struggle for German sovereignty is in the interest of anti-imperialism against the oil bankers. These This group of, of cartels own 80% of the world's oil. If you, if you look at like Saudi Arabia, so the U.S. is the biggest oil producer, but they get the majority of the profits off of Saudi Arabian oil. And through the hands of this small clique of oil bankers I call monopoly capitalists, um domination of finance capitals, imperialism, monopoly capitalism.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: 80 80 percent of the world's oil is going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, this mm-hmm. this this is this is this is crazy. Go ahead.
0: Sure. Uh, so I think we want to move on to Biden actually, I'm talking about money. So so I think this, yes. this does work. This works. This That's works. what I was gonna say anyway. So mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. go to that. <laughs> uh, Biden seized seven billion dollars of the Afghan, or the former Afghan government's Federal Reserve. So just to clarify, obviously, some of this money or, or most of this money was donated by Western governments. It is from the old Afghan government's reserve. But I mean, legally speaking on paper, this was Afghanistan's money. Even if you don't like the Taliban, they are, you know, de facto the government of Afghanistan now, and technically that is their money because they are, you know, that country Have, haven't been recognized yet. But nonetheless, um, at least one billion or sorry, at least half a billion of this money was actually Afghan, individual Afghan people's donations to, uh, you know, their government at the time, the former government. So so uh, the plan right now with this money is Biden is giving, half of it will go to aid agencies for immediate, you know, immediate needs. And the other half is going to go to paying perhaps for the medical expenses and and, and other things related to the victims of 9-11. Um, that's, that's what he's been earmarked for. Uh, so initial comments from some people, for example, they interviewed someone from um, the American University in Kabul. So he's in Kabul. He's a you know a lecturer. Uh, and his, his, his thoughts were that, sure, there is an immediate crisis in Afghanistan. But at the end of the day, this money is ours. We should decide what it is. And his point was that the U.S. is very happy to operate and work with Saudi Arabia and various other unsavory, let's say, governments around the world. Um, but however, when it comes to the Taliban, they are unwilling to, 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 to sort of make that deal. Um, which he said is a, a huge hypocrisy. Um, and he also said that this money should be for the Afghans to decide what to do with. And yes, immediate supplies and immediate food and immediate medicine is needed in Afghanistan. But at the same time, um, that money is designed or intended for long-term, you know, uh, infrastructure and whatever spending to stabilize the country. And it's up for the Afghans to decide. So This is uh, pretty, I don't know. I don't think many people are happy with this decision to seize their money. Um, It's been sitting there for months. But yeah, this ties into uh, the economics of, I suppose, of, 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 yeah. I don't know what your thoughts on this are, Dust, in terms of uh, Biden seizing billions of Afghan money.
1: There is a humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. literal mass starvation. The United States, has been occupying Afghanistan for over 20 years. Been, they have funded warlords who routinely poured acid on women's faces. Yeah. They have maimed and destroyed and killed and um, assassinated whoever they want at will. And now, as they pull out and they pull out. They pull out all the resources that they were putting into the country. Now we have mass starvation. Now the money that was the of the Afghan people is being stolen from the people in their need and their time of crisis. Mm. Afghanistan is a strategic um, position. It's on the border. Uh, it's it's near China and Russia two places that they would like to create chaos on their border of and to create instability that those that the chinese and the russians would then have to spend money on to to deal with and that is all it is so the united states empire you know it, it carried out this brutal war is withholding money and starving people and ev- People of the world, good people, if you care about peace, if you care about humanity, we need to demand that the United States immediately release the money they have stolen to the, the government of Afghanistan um, to, to avert this humanitarian catastrophe. <laughs> They've done far worse than
2: uh, what uh, Dust even mentioned, which is like quite unbelievable, but you know, that's the of reality. You, right? Uh, they, uh, According to European NGOs uh, of the EU, which is also like you know, imperialist, uh, even according to their research, the United States has managed to destroy up to 90, 90 plus percent of um, irrigation and agricultural installations of all of Afghanistan. So mm. here we have a situation where the United States went and destroyed quite literally everything. Yeah. Turn it into a, a pretty much a wasteland. Destroyed any kind of irrigation that like fed the people for thousands of years,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and now left took all their money, and is gonna go ahead and then say, "Oh, uh, look, uh, the, the 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 Taliban government failed because they're not a liberal democracy." Well, yeah, right. it's called right. um, materialism. It's called physics. Right. If you if you destroy uh, a water uh, infrastructure, water is not coming out. If water doesn't come out, plants don't come out. Like that's yeah. Yeah. If people don't have calories to maintain their body temperature of uh, 96 degrees Fahrenheit, 37 degrees Celsius during winter, they Mm. uh uh, they
0: die. It's right, 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 right. Anatomy and
2: physiology, people.
0: I think this is this is uh, again talking about puppet states and dependent states that are, you know, uh, completely dependent on the imperialist system, on the U.S. particularly, that it does seem that Afghanistan for the last 20 years was run in one shape or another, one sort of form or another, by the West. The country that they left behind um, is not able to provide food for itself. I mean, so this took about self-sufficiency about its own production and stuff. Uh Yeah, Not only was the political system rotten, it seems that the state, uh, in terms of the economy and uh, farming and industry industry and agriculture and jobs, they also didn't seem to be able to build anything. So this whole nation-building project, not only was it a failure at the top of the government, but it seems that even on an economic level, they created a country that is entirely dependent on on the global system. I mean, I know that many countries rely on imported food and whatnot, but uh, to be at this kind of crisis after six months, um, of, 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 of having lost that money that it's, it's, it shows that this thing was a really, really a house of cards that collapsed and in, in more ways than just the, the political side of it. But yeah. I think, um, there's a point about this in terms of, um, the starvation president, that, uh, this description that I think Caleb Morpin uh, has, has just used to describe, uh, president Biden, um, and of course there's there's more than one way in which this description is apt i think you mentioned this dust before we started about uh, the alex Saab situation i assume this i assume this feels into it fills into um, sanctions and starving people and the politics of starvation on the global scale is am i correct is that is that why why yes. this description is apt
1: Yes, um, exactly. I mean, you said 20 years and you got to go in Afghanistan. It's near 40 years if you go back to them originally arming um, Islamic militants to stop a progressive socialist government. So and I I would say that the United States never had the goal of action. That was their stated goal. But poverty and chaos benefits U.S. imperialism. Keeping that region in chaos, creating problems for Russia and China, stopping them from developing—all of this benefits um, monopoly capitalists. So yeah. they starve the people of, of Afghanistan.
0: Right. Um,
1: they're threatening to starve the people of Russia, and the United States. We have out-of-control inflation. We're seeing our our prices and food go up. Um, the president, President Biden, has the authority from an executive order to immediately enact price freezes and that is exactly what the United States government did the last time of inflation during the 1970s so without with his inaction not to stop um, not to freeze prices he is literally taking mouths on um, food out of the mouths of children as we speak yeah. and there's another important case is Alex Saab Alex Saab was a diplomat on behalf of the Venezuelan government, um, a Colombian um, nationalist, and he went to Africa to negotiate food deal, um, a food trade, a trading food with Iran. Mm-hmm. This is three. This is two sovereign governments in a sovereign country, and Alexov was kidnapped on no legal authority whatsoever, mm-hmm. and now he's on a, a kangaroo court jury. Um, down in Florida. And the Center for Political Innovation, along with other peace groups and anti-imperialist groups, yesterday on Wednesday, um, had um, a day of action. And in New York City, in Chicago, and other places around the country, um, they had mobile, they had small demonstrations to to bring this to light. So mm-hmm. they're, they're starving people in Afghanistan, they're threatening starving people in Russia, and they mm-hmm. are locking up diplomats to prevent food going to the venezuelan people to starve the venezuelan people into submission so they would not support their democratic elected sovereign government starving mm-hmm. them into submission to u.s imperialism
2: mm-hmm. um right right on that note uh recently i've um okay uh, not even recently but uh, from what i gathered the Venezuelan uh, people and the Venezuelan nation and our uh, legacy in general is the product of um, Bolivar, right? Uh, the, oh, the, sorry, uh, A Bolivar,
0: okay, sorry, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, here, like, easily, easily we can understand why that is an existential threat to, uh, well, an old term, rather, of the American Monroe Doctrine, right? Where uh, in South America, if you have of these uh, native people who are able to um, conduct their own modern uh, uh, civilization under a unified uh, uh, sovereign and peaceful people Uh, that is not based on imperialism, that all of a sudden uh, all of America just, all of the American narratives fall apart. Because tying that together with the Afghanistan point, So America, as we were taught in school, is a nation of immigrants, right? Where people come to seek, uh, note these words here, seek a better life. Mm -hmm. Well, if they come here to seek a better life, and life in the United States, as uh, the two of us, uh, we live here, is not that good. then that must mean that life back wherever is worse. So that is the fundamental uh, colonial logic of the United States. In order for it to continue to exist as a system, as an empire, as an entity of imperialism, everywhere else on planet Earth has to have a lower living quality than they do. And that is the uh, goal of imperialism. So, of course, they try to uh, do that in
0: all corners of this planet. So that's, I guess, like what ties all of this together. Well, yeah, let's talk about the conditions then, the conditions in America. What are they really like? I mean that's a big question. I'm Not going to answer that, of course, tonight. But there's a specific yeah, yeah. thing where we're seeing the, the the hardships of living in, let's say, Northern America, not just uh, the US. Too, it's 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 coming to this truckers' protest, right? So this yeah. this the Freedom Convoy, the the trucker strike, whatever you want to call it. Um, so just on the news side of it, the Ambassador Bridge element of this truckers' uh, strike protest that has been cleared. So 25% of Canada-US trade crossed that bridge. And of course, the truckers had blocked it and it blocked it for a number of days. And that was cleared, um, I think it was on Thursday or Wednesday. Um, But the truckers protest still continues in Ottawa. So in the capital, they're still there, they're still protesting. And of course, uh, there's been a state of emergency declared, Trudeau is saying the police will probably move in at any point to to clear it out or try and clear it out. But we, we talked about this last week about the truckers' protest and, and had, some, had some thoughts on it. Um, there's a lot of elements. Okay. So, of course, well, I, don't know, I don't know where to start on it, to be honest. But let, let's start with the fact that um, I think on a, at least on a, on, a, on a protest level, the first comment I'd like to make is that they have shown at least if you are going to strike, if you are going to protest, this is how you do it. So, you, you go on a bridge, you block key assets um i've been on protests in the uk and other places and this idea of organizing a march on a sunday designated by the police to a park where no one is and you speak and uh, nothing happens uh, or nothing happens everyone talks and it's very wonderful and very sort of festive sure um i mean i know i'm not saying that you can't do that and that's terrible and you should never do that but if you really want to make a noise, if you really want to talk, well, you about should that, never yeah. do that. <laughs> I'll be the <laughs> controversial. <laughs> but I mean, we last before so two weeks ago we had we had Vassal and we spoke about strikes and unions and right. the fact that the general strike has been taken away from the unions in general in the US uh, through legislation. So now we're seeing sort of how maybe a working class movement, uh, any working class movement in general, the tactics of of how to uh, how to make. Uh, capital listen to you is is by seizing things like this. This is this has received far more attention than any other sort of uh, protest about many other issues uh, has has received because they've 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 realized the value of, of their labor first, but also of of how how to protest and how to strike. So that's the first thing I like to say. The, the next thing I suppose I want to hear Dust's thoughts on this because Dust, you are, of course are a truck driver, so I'm assume I assume you have more contact and, and sort of more 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 of a closer ear to the ground. If we're going to use that term. Um, to truckers and how they feel about it. Um, yeah. How, how how do you think it's going? And where do, where do you think it's going? to So I want to hear your comments on it on, on it in general. But where do you think it's going to go? I, I think that things are not looking bright. I mean, I think this is what you would call in a Marxist term a spontaneous moment, right?
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you guys um, um, already um, went over it. But um, I, I think to start with this, um, demonstration, and uh, by the way, I, I'd like to disagree with Jen's point and both um, both a strike, a convoy and a peaceful demonstration similar to, a demonstration is where you show your power and not exert it. Um, is, is an effective tool, but not as um, effective. Um, but this, this in particular has been demonized from day one. Mm. Um, I recently, you saw this image everywhere of a Nazi flag, um, that was at the demonstration. And I recently saw an interview where people were saying the person who had the Nazi flag was going around and saying, do you want Canada to be like this? Do you want Canada to become, um, an authoritarian state? So, see. so, um, so first of all, there may not have actually been any Nazis whatsoever at the demonstration, but if you turn on CNN and you turn on the liberal media, these are all, um, backwards racists, similar to the January 6th convention when the reality, if you, if you look on my Facebook page where I'm seeing live streams of indigenous people dancing of of, of um, ice skating, of bouncy houses with children, of workers coming together and talking to each other and peacefully discussing. This reminds me back to Occupy, where people from around the country, around the label of we are the 99%, um, were coming together, exercising the political force. And I really do think this is our moment's Occupy. And will we'll people say, well, Well, these people are disregarding public health and are selfish and don't care about those measures. Mm -hmm. And I think this is um, a ridiculous statement because the COVID um, epidemic has been purposely mishandled by the Western imperialist governments. If we compare um, the Chinese um, COVID policy, the zero COVID policy, which had extensive testing from day one, And then targeted lockdowns of smaller portions of the population for a shorter amount of time had had great success. And this was even before vaccines um, were available. (laughs) <laughs> and we notice in the United States, the wait and see, um, strategy, the do nothing strategy the, first of all, the Donald Trump refused to take in the cheaper international tests that were more accurate, waited for big pharma to be yeah. able to make money off the tests, which allowed it to run, run rampant, um, near a million people have died in this country. Um, to almost twice as many under the Biden regime than the Trump regime. So we have, even though, even though Trump said, "Oh, don't worry about it. Don't wear a mask," and laughed at people wearing a mask. Now we have a Democrat in office, and we're seeing worse numbers um, mm-hmm. than before. And it it, it isn't. Um, yes, the pol- what policy the president and voices is important, but when it comes down to it, is a result of the failures of the institutions.
2: And in that's the, United it, that's States, the nail on the head
1: <laughs> in, in the United States um, we ha- They have been shutting down hospital beds For decades mm-hmm. And they're saying a lot of the deaths Are coming from the overrun hospitals Well mm-hmm. they've been shutting down These hospitals for decades um, right. A lot of these deaths from COVID Are coming from comorbidities Well mm-hmm. tons of people in the United States Are underinsured Are not insured and that is a cause that this crumbling health infrastructure, no access to health care is a cause of these comorbidities. The um, mm-hmm. United States has the highest um, COVID deaths. And now we learn, I've looked further into this, that the United States gave billions of dollars to research labs to develop a vaccine. And then the patent for that vaccine went directly to the pharmaceutical industry. And then Mm -hmm. the United States government then paid the pharmaceutical industry for those vaccines that they didn't administer to the people. Mm -hmm. And if they would have took even a portion of that money, just Mm -hmm. a portion of that money to do adequate testing to, uh, and, and actually expand medical infrastructure, They could have saved way more lives and got this under under crisis. So it is the for profit medical system, um, the big pharma manipulating the government um, and allowing people. And then on top of that, we got these these massive lockdowns that are causing people to overdose from drugs, um, not have any social contact, mental health crisis, um, domestic abuse crisis. Um, and then economic bankruptcy of the working class, the destruction of small businesses, and then the expansion of monopolies like Amazon. Mm-hmm. If the workers, um, if that is not enough for the workers to be angry at the at the way these these lockdowns have been done, the way small business is going to be uh, attacked, it is enough to say is no longer. This can no longer go on. We are going to withhold our labor power. The system cannot continue as is. Regardless if it is so-called anti-vax um, sentiments, regardless, the people understand that they are getting screwed over and they're doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And when oh, the workers to... are in motions, we critically support them. We don't yeah. demonize and push them further to the right. right. Go ahead. i want to add
2: to like, oh, uh, beat the iron while it's hot. Uh, just add to that. Um, first of all, a little piece of statistics. China, all of China, uh, during the time when COVID started, had at, I I forgot, it was either 36 or 37 uh, COVID testing uh, labs that are capable of uh, doing COVID tests for Mm. mRNA. Uh, uh, In the United States, in the state of New York alone, there was more than 200 labs
0: to be able to do that. So they had two hundred and one city, whereas China had thirty-seven across the whole country.
2: Yes, uh, for labs that are able, uh, during the beginning of COVID, mm. like early twenty twenty. So, like yeah, like like, like Dustin uh, said, like this is not a problem of whether or not they could have. They mm. absolutely could have. They chose not to. Right, right. right. For the benefit of two things. One monopoly like Amazon, and two the pharmaceutical uh, uh, companies. Right. Um, so uh, then, what did they bank on? Well, they banked on this hail mary called uh, the vaccine. Um. They said that um, oh, well, that the vaccine will uh, stop everything. Well, did it? Quick news flash: the former uh, chief editor of the Chinese Voice of of, of America, uh, the American propaganda news network, died of COVID. Uh, at the uh, age seventy plus seventy six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, after three shots of Pfizer, vaccines. Mm-hmm. So okay, yes, uh, good job. You know, uh, like uh, anti-China propagandist passed away. You know, we, we maybe we should be glad for that. Maybe, but like, he's not even the worst within voice of America. They've been doing like, dict like authoritarian purges over there for like who can be more anti-China. I'm serious, ever since like Trump's days. Okay. Uh, and then to bring the question back here, well, um, if this Hail Mary didn't work, then what? You know, Anybody that has taken a class or just learned about a thing in logistics, management of any kind of systems, uh, knows that uh, there needs to be uh, backups, reinforcements, and there needs to be uh, leeways for any right. point in a chain, in a network, to be able to sustain, like, the amount of uh, fluctuations, right? right, right. And for this kind of situation, you need to especially add to that reserve stockpile of anything. Hospital beds, of uh, personal PVPs, of uh, all sorts of things to be able to uh, counter this. Mm. You know, uh, we, we see none of that. Not only do we not see a, an increase of uh, these kinds of supplies, like Dust James was just saying, we see a decrease mm-hmm. of this. And, and then to, like... Blame all of that failure, all of it, okay, onto just like workers, Mm -hmm. who might not be the most your most educated person, but that's not fair. They're not experts for a reason, right? Right. To like blame all of the uh, failures of the systems onto just workers—that is insane. That is absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, I think the point that I want to make on here is yeah. So these. Strike, Striking protest, uh, sorry, the truckers, these truckers, right? So, you know, they are protesting and sure, yes, a Confederate flag has been seen here and, and a Nazi flag there. And, and sure, some of them probably have many right-wing views. But I think as just said, you know, if you're going to be working, talking about building uh, working class power or building any sort of force against uh, capital, against the bourgeois, against all of these things, you can't sort of be so... Um, Idealistic and sort of and come and, and meet the people at a place uh, from an ivory tower of ideology and and perfect academia and, and sort of try and make them compatible to you straight away. Uh, there's going to be so many issues with so many views and tendencies and beliefs that you encounter, all types of stuff. Um, and so yeah, from a from a from an you know from an organizing perspective, from a leftist perspective, from a from a socialist or communist perspective, that these people at the end of the day, I think we mentioned this last week is they're yeah. talking about they're protesting because they don't want to lose their jobs because of livelihood because of their homes. Um, the vaccine, as you guys have explained was supposed to be the cure all and, and really the failure here is, is the state, uh, the, the, the capitalist state, uh, the people that run the US and, and to a lesser extent, Canada um, failed to institutionally use the stuff that has been mentioned, you know, the, the masks, the lockdowns, the mandates, uh, I think one of the expressions was, at the start was, you know, it's not a problem and we'll just live with it. We can live with COVID, but, and then they imposed lockdowns and then they tried to stop it. And now we're saying we'll live with it again. So th- their plan all along was to not disrupt business in some sense. So they've exploited, as you said, with, 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 uh, Amazon has, has benefited and pharmaceutical companies have benefited and cashed in, but, um, the, the ultimate need was to, you know, keep production going as well. That's the other thing to this is that, um, the ha- pandemic wasn't dealt with as well in, the West because they didn't want to stop business uh, in some senses. And then uh, in, in, when they did stop it, it was done in a way that benefited the big corporations. So yeah. small businesses were crushed. But um, I think we have to sort of close with some final comments. So I, I'd like to uh, I'll let Jen go first, and then I'll give Dust have the, the final word.
2: Well, um, hybrid assault on working people of the world, right? Uh, workers of the world unite. Well, um, like right in front of our faces, whether in Russia, uh, there's one more piece of news uh, that we didn't uh, uh, quite cover, English which English. Uh, is not covered in English media. But the uh, uh, basically the assassination and or poisoning of uh, Russian nuclear es- experts in uh, Bengal, a country that's not trying to develop nuclear weapons in any way, shape or form, who has just signed a deal with Russia because they offered a two billion dollar a nuclear power plant that will give electricity to many, 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 many people and villages. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, It's a good deal, you know, better than the deal that Britain and France can offer, you know, because of better technology. And, um, well, the scientists, uh, just over the past 11 days, five of them mysteriously died. You know, uh, Russia sees this as an attack on it, which it absolutely is, you know. This is uh, like a cutthroat, unrestricted, unlimited kind of uh, no moral boundary attack on, well, people of the world. I guess that's my final thought. Because okay. um, anything that brings down the means of production for everybody that's not uh, Wall Street and City of London finance capital, anything that makes sure that uh, their system continues ongoing, they will uh, do that ruthlessly. Uh, at any cost necessary. And uh, the word cost here probably means the lives of um, people like us and uh, everybody that's watching. So I just want everyone to keep that in mind. Okay.
0: dust
1: Yes. Yes. Um, we got, I mean, <laughs> the United States imperialism led by U.S. imperialism which is controlled by a group of oil bankers based in Wall Street in London, is threatening starvation against the Russian people, um, fomenting war um, in, in Ukraine, we, is stole, has stole money from the people of Afghanistan after doing a 20-year war, refuses to enact um, um, price freezes in the United States as working people are seeing their wages decrease. They allowed, Um, Nearly a million Americans to die um, over this. Monopolies um, have increased. Small businesses have been destroyed. And now we're seeing an Occupy-like movement in Canada amongst fellow drivers. I don't say they people. Those are me. Those are fellow workers. Those are fellow drivers who are angry at the imperialist government of Can- the junior partner imperialist government of Canada, and for a a, a fraction of the cost to implement this this um, this uh, vaccine po- digital passport system, and then the pl- and the expansion of the police state um, to to enforce that, they could have put the money directly into Canada's underfunded national healthcare system and saved a lot more deaths. So we know that the monopoly, the, the capitalists and governments are manipulating this, are have manipulated COVID for their own benefit. And now the the truck drivers who are are standing up against um, the injustices that have been carried out against them are being repressed. Um, there's unsen- an unprecedented amount of repression. They are freezing the bank account. Mm. Of people who get hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to get these rigs, have to stay out away from their families for a month at a time to pay uh, the monopolies that that produce this equipment, and then have to pay to the oil companies to move the equipment. Um, a lot of the owner-operator status is simply to avoid labor laws and to put that and put the risk and the investment costs onto. Um, the worker themselves. And now we're seeing police repression, freezing of bank accounts. We saw the technocracy um, steal the people's money, that the people raised um, for this event. And I think it's a similar strategy to the way the police state in the United States suppressed occupies. First, they demonize it in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, Then um, as it kind of starts to fizzle down, uh, they go in with brute force and, and, they, mm-hmm. and they remove. There was Occupy sites all over the United States. And, mm-hmm. they, and then after things died down a little bit, they went in with brute force and got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are seeing a whole new portion and a key industry is being radicalized into the understanding that the capitalist, imperialist government is their enemy. And they're starting to mm-hmm. realize that they have power. And we need to be out in the streets um, raising class struggle, raising class consciousness, and not demonizing workers and pushing them further to the right.
0: Yeah. Great stuff. Great thought there, final thought there, Dust James. And uh, thanks, Jen. So thank you guys for attending this week. And we'll be back next week, Jay- Um, Yeah. And of course, Dust. I'll probably out, be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dust, I would we'll love to have you all on again in the future at some point. And um, thank you so much for joining us. And that is it for this episode of the Marxist Think Tank. Catch us every other week here on SoundCloud. To allow us for our reporting and our content to remain independent, please consider donating to our Patreon and becoming a voting member in the link down below in the description. If you have a news tip or would like to talk to us, please email admin at Our editor is Sean Sanchez. Newswriter and producer is Reggie Truman. And I'm Oscar Bastille. Thank you for listening.